What's up, Competitor Nation? What's up, Mom and Dad? This is a special bonus episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast and the Raising Competitors Podcast. Given the current state of the world with sports canceling, with school being virtual for some of you in person for others, with football seasons, gymnastic seasons, things going away and still so much unknown in the future, I wanted to sit down with Kip Watson of Brain Code Corp. Kip has been an amazing guest both on the Compete Everyday podcast back in season two, as well as the Raising Competitors podcast. What I wanted to talk to Kip about today is how we handle the current state. As parents of youth athletes, how do we handle when our kids just lost their season? How do we handle all of the unknowns that's going on in their lives as well as ours? The conversation started with a focus on youth sports managing our youth athletes, but really took a turn toward personal responsibility, toward leadership within our households, within our careers, most importantly, within ourselves. And so I wanted this episode to be a bonus episode on Compete Every Day, as well as areas raising competitors, because I felt that conversation is most relevant. Even if you don't have kids, I'd tell you to flash forward about halfway into the episode as we start talking more about leadership, personal responsibility, things that you can do to get out of a rut. If you find yourself in that victim mindset, if you find yourself grieving and you just can't seem to turn the corner, this is a great episode for you. Kip is full of incredible information. She's an incredible coach. Um, As I share, I had the opportunity to be a guinea pig for her Brain Code Court program. And just the things I learn in terms of self-awareness about why I handle certain situations the way I do, how my brain operates, which allowed me, one, to look back and make sense of a lot of probably poor decisions I made growing up and why, why I acted certain ways, but helped me be more self-aware today of areas that I can continue to improve, areas that were blind spots to me that now I can intentionally address. So sit back, relax. That's all I've got for the show kickoff today. As I told you, this is a bonus episode with Brain Code Corp's Kip Watson. Uh, and, and, you know, I think you're gonna, you're gonna see, we are seeing, I'm seeing this in my own office, kind of a wide variety of response to it. Um, you are seeing some of those athletes at the collegiate level, um, you know, filing lawsuits, they want to play. Um, I think they have a right to play. They certainly have a right to voice their opinion about it. Um, Some are handling it better than others. Uh, And I think corset to me, it goes back to your brain code. (laughs) And I have a clear understanding of why some people are going to kind of naturally rebel and want to fight and they want, they're going to go after what they want. You could identify, at least with your clients, you could identify a lot of that stuff before. Yes. And that's the whole reason why, you know, I created the process I did. And it seems to be very effective that we predict, prevent, (laughs) 
um, and prepare for when an athlete struggles. Um, and it also helps them that when they are under stress or under pressure, understanding their natural response to that. And I think ever, it's so important right now to teach personal responsibility. And <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I, and so yes, you're going to see a wide variety. Do I have clients and are we seeing people that are, there's a higher rate of anxiety going on? Yes. And usually when anxiety increases, it's because you're focused on the things you can't control. And there's a lot going on right now in the sports world. We can't control. An athlete can't control. Even the coaches themselves are not able to control the COVID narrative and what is required of them or not and what's being dictated, you know, from leadership on down. So it, it, there is an increase in anxiety. There's been some uh, definite increase in depression. Uh, there's an increase in give up for some. Uh, then we see sort of the other side of it, of an increase in rebellion, fighting for what we want. Some people are doing it in an appropriate way, and then others maybe not. We're increase in addiction issues. I've certainly had an increase in suicidal ideation and some that are even acting on it, which is, is difficult. But again, that's somebody who is struggling with that personal responsibility of their thought life, right? And what's going on around them and feeling like, which I mean, like, like, like I get, right? What they're seeing is like, well, this is what I've prepared my whole life for. Like I had one athlete, it's like he was on target to make national team in gymnastics and the season just like, it just evaporated. Well, and we don't even know if we're going to have a season this year, right? And a gymnast lifespan <laughs> is not as long as other sports. And so he, it's like I'm starting to grasp at air because I feel like everything I've worked for is now being taken away from me. So okay. a, a lot of these kids, things being taken away, not used to obviously the situation. We know and we've discussed this on past shows where you and I have talked about an athlete's identity as it is when sports end and a career ends. You kind of have a feeling that's coming. You deal with injuries. It's an extended period. But this was just taken away and then it, ooh, maybe it's coming back and then it was taken away again. One of the things I'm curious about, because first to plug you, is you and I sat down a while back, it's mm -hmm. been, and went through your brain code process. And, and I've told so many different people about this process because... And they're all like, I need to come see her. I'm not even an athlete. Because what it's... Which is fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I told a few of them, I was like, you need to go. Because essentially it spits out how you think, how you yeah. process, how you see. But then the best part for me was looking at well, what sports would you have done well in, which yes. made complete sense. And then from a career and life standpoint, how do you handle stress? How can people help you manage that stress? And when you're upset and how do you respond to that? Which has been incredibly helpful from an interpersonal relationship. Parents, though, that maybe haven't gotten to that point where they've, they've seen you, they've spoken to someone like you, is like, I don't even know the warning signs other than our kid's sport has been ended. How do we handle that? Because for all we know, the parents may have been putting the additional pressure on mm. the kid for the mm -hmm. season, which is very unintentional. 
But we think about car rides to games, car rides home from games, those conversations. Right. The little things we say to the kids throughout the year, we don't think are a big deal, but add pressure on their plate. So from a parent standpoint, looking at the situation and their kid, where do they need to be overly concerned about certain warning signs? And maybe what are just general things of like, listen, this is a stage of grief they're going to go through. Well, you make a great point right there. And I, I think one thing I've normalized for my clients is just because you're having anxiety or experiencing anxiety or some depression or sadness, um, even anger, bitterness, those are normal feelings. Disappointment is another one, right? Those are normal feelings that we are going to have as human beings when there's been an abrupt change to what we've always known or what we're working for. So there's nothing wrong (laughs) with having negative feelings. And I think a lot of times in our culture, as soon as we see an anger or as soon as we see anxiety or sadness, it's like, oh my God, what's wrong? (laughs) You know, like we got to fix this. And I'm like, no, actually you don't. Let's embrace it. Let's talk about it. Tell me what's going on. What are you disappointed about? And that is a parent's role. Help them to embrace the negative feeling. Be a safe place for them to talk about what is disappointing or what is upsetting or what are are they afraid of. And you can validate them even if you don't agree with what they're saying. Those are two different things. Yeah. And, And what I have found that is a lot of my athletes are needing that kind of a validation Um, from authority figures, you know, in their life, whether that's parents, coach, teachers. um, And that validation is, it's like, okay, I I am okay then, right? I, yeah, yes, you are. It's okay to be sad about that. Uh, And then we got to shift on like, at some point though, you can't stay there. And that was going to be my next thought or question because we've talked about the importance of personal responsibility and and really going from, Sitting in those feelings, soaking in those feelings, being okay that this is happening to me in this yes. moment, yeah. but ultimately having to get out of that, for lack of a better term, victim mindset. Exactly. Victor, exactly. Because we know in sports, we control our performance by how we do the work. We own ourselves, our practice, our, all of that process. In life, that's a lot harder for a lot more of us of owning our actions and choices every day when we do and when we don't get the results we want. So during this time when they're struggling, how do we at least encourage them to start the process of reshaping and reclaiming personal responsibility for what they do next, which is the only thing they control? Well, and I think that's a question we ask, right? So what do you think you ought to do? What should you focus on? And get them thinking about that rather than telling them. You don't need to lecture them. Get them thinking about, okay, well, so, gosh, we don't control this. So what do you control? What do you, what do you think you could do instead? Um, and I think part of it is helping our athletes, our kids, to not be afraid of change. And that is a life skill that we all need, is embracing change. What are my controllables in this time of change, okay, so my current vision or dream, I'm having to adjust it. And that's something I always teach about goal setting. So goal setting requires a plan. Every plan requires adjustment. We are in a time of great adjustment. And so it's like we got to at some point stop feeling sorry for yourself 
that personal responsibility. You're not a victim here. This is a whole lot of stuff that we can't control. So let's start figuring out what we're going to do. What can you control? How can we adjust the dream, adjust the goal, and things like that. And, and so along those lines, when it's the kid's last opportunity, when it's the mm-hmm. senior in high school that's not playing, the senior yep. in college, the kid that is not going to get that next shot, how do we help them adjust the plan or have the conversation with them to adjust the plan when in the plan no longer involves sport? But it still includes everything they learn from sport, whether they realize it or not. Well, and and I think for every athlete, you have to understand your career as an athlete is always temporary, kind of like you alluded to. So it's taking what you have learned from it. And now where are we going to go apply that? Um, And I... It is true. Like the brain code process, I've actually have a client tomorrow, right? We were doing some career exploration. That's part of what we're doing. Um, And I always give my athletes a career report so that they understand the kind of career fields that they're more geared to excel in. And I think that's that's totally something that, that parents and coaches and athletes need to be aware of is there needs to be a co-development of your athletic career and whatever you want to do next. And that that kind of simultaneously happen. For example, um, like... I, yes, I want my kids to have a job during the summer, right? So, so my, uh, my 19-year-old got a job with a financial planner because he has an interest in accounting and financial and wealth management. So he got an internship this summer doing that. So it's co-exploring. He wants to continue to play college football, but we're also working on developing his network and his skills and also the field that he would like to go in after that. When, when or what do you see as more of the warning signs versus, listen, this is the natural process of grief. We're going to encourage. We're going to be alongside. We're going to talk about how we can make a plan B versus, like, this is where I need to be really concerned if I start seeing these yeah. things. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times in stress – and in depression, our kids will look like the opposite of their natural personality. So if you have a really extroverted person, you're going to see somebody that may be in their room a lot or hiding out a lot, or they're not initiating with friends, not doing those types of things. And unfortunately, I think COVID (laughs) made it a lot harder for our extroverts um, to stay connected. Um, I think if you... uh, if you start seeing um, kind of what I call tunnel vision, so I get obsessed or impulsive compulsive about one certain thing, like I've seen a rise in eating disorders where we're just totally focused on body weight and body image instead of all these normal things I, I used to be focused on. Um, I, yes, we're seeing an increase in substance use and abuse. Um, I think... This sounds crazy, but yes, you, you might need to make, sh- you know, take, take sock of the medication you have yep. in your bathroom um, and make sure there's not, you know, you're not going through it more than maybe you did before. Well, and, because- and I would say even along those same lines, how many of us adults have more <laughs> frequent happy hours and right. doing things that during COVID and quarantine, because we're at home all day or working from home all day and everybody's around that we didn't normally do. And, and the, the reason I say that is because kids are always watching. 
They are. So if they're seeing our behavior shift dramatically, they're probably doing their own thing. And we may be oblivious to their shifts until we take that intentional stock of, oh, they're actually seeing us do happy hour every afternoon instead of every Thursday like we used to after work or whatever. And I've encouraged all my clients during quarantine, no alcohol. Like don't, just don't even touch it. You don't need it. You're not going to die without it. Um, and it is a depressant, which you don't need more of that right now. Um, so yeah, I've encouraged that. Um, and you're right. Role model. You want to role model how to handle disappointment. You want to role model how to handle anger and change. And if you're not role modeling that well, they're not saying then get your butt in my office. Let's have a conversation, right? I mean, that, that is part of it. You're leaving a legacy to your kids during this time. And you absolutely have to role model how to handle this situation. And I get it. Like none, we're all having to figure that out because none of us have experienced this kind of unprecedented historical situation, especially in the U S with COVID on top of the racial tension we've experienced as a country. Yeah. And, and along those lines of, of the unrest and almost the uncertainties that we go through on a week to week basis, we were talking yeah. off air as, as you being a big 10 football fan at this point, there's no football this fall, big clubs <sighs> going, SEC's going, ACC's going. I'm having my own depression, man. My own, like S- where are schools? my boys of fall? <laughs> I know. I, I was so excited watching UCA and Austin P last weekend. Yes. And I was like, Oh yes, I know those guys. So watching that, seeing that there's so much uncertainty, not only in adults of like, when do we get to go back and do this stuff? When can we go do this? And then kids are like, well, are we half in school, half out of school? What am I going to do this spring? Is baseball going to be back? There's so much uncertainty. How do you personally, and then how do you encourage your uh, clients, I should say, for lack of a better word, almost use students, but uh, clients yeah. to deal with <laughs> uncertainty because it's, it's a part of life. I just feel like right now it's hyper-focused because there's so much more of our routines that are gone. Yeah. So, but your own personal routines do not have to be gone and you got to stay focused on your controllables. Um, and so that may look like, like I know for me, no matter what the stress that I've gone through in my life and even right now during all this uncertainty, like I am still maintaining my mindset work in the morning which for me, it's reading scripture, it's reading from a book, it's meditation, and it's a workout, and it's a clean breakfast before I ever engage with my phone, my email, what people want from me, right? Text messages. Um, I just don't engage in that until I've prepared my mind for the day. And I think that's crucial for everybody. You've got to do appropriate self-care to deal with the uncertainty because I can't stop the uncertainty and the challenges and the problems and the things that happen. Um, But I can take care of myself and to be able to deal with the stress that that I have every single day and the uncertainty that I have every single day. And you can't give up figuring that out. What works for you that's going to help you show up the best of who you are every single day, regardless of whether it is your clients, it's a coworker, your kids, your spouse, you have a personal responsibility to show up your best every single day with those people. Well, and, and I'm glad you, you ended with that because the one thing I want to point out 
to those listening who are probably already hearing that inner voice of, well, it's selfish to do that in the mornings. It's selfish to go do your workout and, and read and, and have that quiet time when you have responsibilities. You have kids you have to get out the door. You have things you have to go do when you said it yourself. Unless we're taking care of ourselves, there's no way we can show up with our best. If we right. cheat ourselves, we're giving those closest to us just – for lack of a better word, half-ass effort. And that's not doing them any favors of us not showing up with our best. And so silencing those voices inside it, would you just say is doing the work, committing a little bit earlier? You're up 15 minutes earlier. You're, you've got the quiet space and you're just doing it. Well, feeling sorry for yourself is more the problem than actually showing up your best every day. I mean, (laughs) dropping bombs. (laughs) Well, uh, hey, I mean, real I, talk here. We we yeah. don't we don't pull punches. Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah. Stop, stop with the feeling sorry for yourself. I guess. I mean, the pity party of that things aren't going your way. Yeah. I mean, yes. That like I've I've said this before, but I sometimes when I'm in that space, which I get it, we all have those moments. Set the timer for ten minutes. Cry, wail, scream, hit the pillow. Don't damage anybody or anything. But get it out. And then you got to strap it up and let's go. Yeah. Like, I got to go hit the day. Yeah. And, and I love that because as, as we talked off air, like, there's so much probably amplified small amounts through social of so many people that just want to stay in that space. And they they want to stay comfortable. They want to stay comfortable. They, they want to lean into that versus, like, quit feeling sorry for yourself. These are the cards you've been dealt. I don't know where you started, what you have, what yeah. you're up against, but yeah. like they're not going to change unless you do something about it. And, and that's yeah. obviously our listeners are about that. Uh, and no, you help your clients with that. And, and speaking of your clients, my initial intention, obviously, for us to sit down and talk was to talk about dealing with sports and, and cancellations and everything we've hit on. But you deal with, I would say, the gamut. You go from high school athletes younger maybe or is high school kind of the youngest uh middle school middle school yeah. all the way through executives needing yes. career business help as well because yeah. you and brain code does a fantastic job of identifying how you see the world how you respond how you act mm-hmm. instinctively which until you're aware of it you can't start to change and shift in the behavior that you want exactly and that's why i i mean i've had a lot of <laughs> NFL agents who are like, they want a quick response to my (laughs) assessment process. And I'm like, well, that we can do that, but it's not going to be as accurate. Um, I take a very thorough approach to assessing your intangibles. And so, yes, it really does. I think that's exactly what it's designed for is that self-awareness so that you do know more of how you're instinctually going to react to, in this case, we've been talking about like stress, pressure and change. Yeah. And, and you do not only the work in person here in Frisco, we are office neighbors nearby, yes. uh, but online you do zoom sessions. Yeah. So you've got people all over. I've told folks that, I mean, sitting down, having conversations with you is enriching. So I can only imagine the ongoing coaching, but the test even by itself is such an incredible tool for people to just build that self-awareness Thanks, that man. most people don't have. I mean, yeah. I laughed. I was like, if I'd known this in high school, oh my. That was your reaction. <laughs> like I'm thinking from a sports standpoint, this would have done so much for me. But then just the rest of life of like, oh, this, this, this. Oh, this makes so much sense. So for anyone listening, where's the best place to one, get connected with you, find out more and, and maybe see if it's a good fit for them. 
Well, definitely the website is the easiest place, which is braincodecorp.com. And then you can also find me almost any social media, which is Kip Fit, K-I-P-F-I-T. Thoughts at a red light. What started that yes. out of curiosity? <laughs> um, I just did it one time because I found myself kind of, yeah, just waxing philosophic at a red light. And so I just started kind of posting it, taking pictures while I was at a red light, thinking, you know, what I was ever I was thinking about and uh, whether it was something really stupid. <laughs> Kind or deep of, thoughts yeah, by like Jack Handy. Right, yeah. Like, I think one of them was about lipstick, whether to wear <laughs> lipstick or not. But um, some of them are more deep than others, yeah. let's just say that. But yeah, just something that I thought of. And what I have found is that people are kind of like, oh, they can't wait for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, pressure's on. <laughs> yeah, I got to make this one good. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kip. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Listeners, braincodecorp.com. We'll link to it in the show notes. But. Uh, there's a lot of valuable information in here to run with, to use with your children, with your family, and honestly, just yourself dealing with the current situation. So we'll see you next episode. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.